Hello and welcome to episode 35 of All's Fair in Love and Film, a film review podcast where we go through our DVD collection in alphabetical order, reviewing each one as we go. I'm Laura. And I'm Ryan. And this week we're talking about 2006's Casino Royale. Uh, Ryan, what is your history with this film? Um, I've, just to get this all up, like, for all up front, I am a huge James Bond uh, fan. I've seen all of them. I absolutely love all of them. With the exception of the one that was released last week? Yes. But I, I technically, uh, oh yeah, we've not seen that one yet. We have not seen that one yet. But I don't have a whole high hopes for it, but I uh, digress. That's a different conversation yes. for a different day. <laughs> very, very much so. <laughs> I absolutely love this film and I, I like I remember seeing it in cinema and I remember being absolutely enthralled with it like it was just it was everything I wanted to be I, I like I remember kind of the lead up to it everyone being like oh I don't think Daniel Craig is going to be be the right bond and stuff like that but like yeah, a lot of people were turned off by him because he was blonde yeah it's like, yeah a, uh, a, what? a lot of a lot of people just didn't have him as their vision of bond but like Honestly, just from I remember the trailer, I was like, okay, this actually looks like it's it's a little bit more gritty, which is kind of what I thought James Bond films kind of needed. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. So, had you seen a lot of the older ones before you even saw this one? Yeah, I, I've I've seen all of them, all the Con- uh, the Connery era Bonds, all the um, um, uh, Moore era Bond, all the uh, Timothy Dalton Bond, Pierce Brosnan Bond. You know, Timothy Dalton can get it. Yeah, he he like <laughs> he, he was quite good. I mean, uh, like I will say, I know everyone kind of pans the um, Brosnan Aaron um, uh, Bond, but like I I still like I, it's cheesy, but it's just I don't know, just kind of good cheese in a really <laughs> really bad way. But yeah, what about you, Laura? Uh, this was the first James Bond film I ever saw. I saw it in cinemas. I got chewing gum stuck in my hair halfway through the film and was distracted by that for the duration, so didn't really remember it that well. But (laughs) we had like Sky Movies when I was a kid, so um, we like it was on Sky Movies all the time, so I watched it like again and again, and I kept watching it. I was like, oh, cool, this James Bond business is pretty cool. and yeah, I mean, I didn't know the guy from Mamma Mia was a, was a James Bond. And then I was like, oh, the guy from Mamma Mia was in these in these spy films. Cool. No, I'm kidding. I did know he was James Bond because he was like the James Bond of my, my kind of parents era when they were getting into cinema and stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, so I was aware of Piers Brosnan, but I think I just pictures of him in the tux with the gun just made me think like, Ugh. I was like, he's a bit slimy. <laughs> so I wasn't really interested. But then when I got to like university kind of age, like I watched a few more of them. And I'm not gonna lie, I didn't find them very engrossing or very memorable. Like I can remember a scene from one of them and I couldn't tell you which bond it is where they're like falling into a giant satellite dish or something. Um, but I think because Goldeneye. I- If you say so. Um, <laughs> because i'd seen daniel craig and so like it's like doctor who isn't it your first doctor you see i'm not a massive doctor who fan but to me like david tennant or christopher eccleston will always kind of be doctor who yeah um so all the others that have come afterwards i'm like eh, that doesn't really appeal to me and so after seeing daniel craig as like my first bond I was like, well, none of these guys are Bond because that guy over there is Bond. And he obviously did a really good job. And again, it's that 
kind of noughties era of action movie where they're a bit more gritty and they're less cheesy and and they're just kind of better put together the special effects are that bit better and i think this it was an excellent like reboot to the series basically yeah to me it's like it's like i'm I'm a really big neo-noir uh like neo-noir fan and well film noir and this is this very much echoes like a lot of the cinematic beats of a of a like a noir film that that that, that's kind of i think why i like it a lot it mixes like that noir kind of look you know chiaroscuro lighting and just like really really grittiness with like action that that's it, it, it it's it's pretty much designed for me not to mention eva green as vespa lind looks like she has just been like caught out of an old film noir she is perfect in this and while film noir is notorious for like treating women and female characters quite badly a lot of the sins of those kind of era while the this film has those kind of noir aspects and does cast her as a bit of a femme fatale it doesn't like there are some in some ways it treats her quite badly which i'll get into but in a lot of ways it doesn't fall into a lot of the sinkholes of like female film noir characters and like lets her shine a lot more than that genre yeah. usually lets the female protagonist shine which i really liked before we go any further we should probably uh do a, a film a recap yes you're right although i do want to talk about vespa Lind approximately all day um so as i've already mentioned this is a reboot of an already done so casino royale is the first film in the bond franchise am i right yes technically but technically oh maybe it's, correct me on this one before i continue um it's technically the first like it's technically the first bond chronologically but like the first like uh film that was like mass marketed was dr no but in both its iterations, it's his, like, origin story. It's his first mission as a double O, right? Kind of, yeah, yeah. I mean, kind yeah, of? Yeah. Kind of or yes? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so as I say, it's his first, like, mission as a double O in both its iterations. Uh, and this is the Daniel Craig, like, reboot of Casino Royale. Um, after earning double O status and a license to kill, secret agent James Bond sets out on his first mission as 007. Bond must defeat a private banker funding terrorists in a high-stakes game of poker at Casino Royale Montenegro. Um, that's pretty much the size of it. Throw in, like, some really, really well-put-together action scenes and uh, some snappy dialogue, and you've got a bomb film. Yeah, I actually did not realize it was set in Montenegro. <laughs> I don't think it says it at any point in the film that it's... No, no. Or I, does it? Because he says... They, they they do say he's got this high-stakes poker game at the Casino Royale. I'm sure they then say, like, a, a city. Yeah, I, I guess it, it just seems very um, low-key when, when they actually drop the location, like... Yeah, because yeah. like I I've not picked that up in any of the times I've watched it, and that, like uh, and I watch it with subtitles. I watch pretty much all my films with subtitles, but I've never picked that up once. Yeah, I mean, I guess all of the kind of hotel like staff and the dealer at the poker game have the kind of like Mediterranean accent and stuff. Um, uh, I honestly thought it was like meant to kind of be like kind of a fake, kind of like a fake cross between like. Um, it's just pretty much somewhere in the south of France, like Monaco, like mixed with somewhere like a, like a bigger Monaco. That's kind of the, what the vibe yeah, I got maybe. from it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, to be honest, like it doesn't explicitly specify at any point, but James Bond film, like they're always in real places. So yeah. I suppose why would this be any different? Yeah, fair point. Makes a, makes makes sense, don't it? Um. So yeah, we first. I I want to talk about the kind of like opening scene and the title sequence, if that's okay, because. Yeah. 
I think it's so well done. It's going back to that, like, it's very film noir, very, like, detective, lots of kind of, it's in black and white, so you immediately know it's kind of a bit of callback to all the Bond movies. It's, like, very dramatic, and you know it's like, oh, this is something different to, like, the rest of the movie. This is definitely, like, a kind of prequel shot, and it's got that very calm, very, like, good dialogue between James Bond and his target, who he's... um an mi5 agent who's been selling secrets isn't he i, th- I think he's an mi6 agent i don't know which one is james bond in the mi6 he's an mi6 yeah. i didn't know which th- i don't know the difference mi5 is uh, internal affairs and mi6 is international well now i know yes <laughs> okay so yeah he's an mi6 agent uh who's been selling secrets and uh bond's been sent to kill him and then i really like the way they cut that with the really contrasting, really brutal scenes of him just like beating a guy over the head with a sink and like murdering him really kind of brutally in a bathroom where there's like very little dialogue with this very calm, very collected, much darker um, scene where it's all quite calm dialogue. And then he's just like, and then I'm just going to shoot you once in the head with a silenced pistol in contrast to that kind of brutal killing from before. And and then it's like, oh, like, the, uh, his target says, "Oh, yeah, the second time is much." And then it cuts him off, just shoots him. Yes, yeah. very much so. Not like, like you kind of got the that. Yeah, that establishing scene does what it says on the tin, and it just really establishes the yeah the whole vibe and the whole um, kind of motif that kind of carries on throughout the whole like whole entire film. Yeah, and like yeah, again back to film no- uh, film noir. It this is just this is a such a good like neo-noir kind of vibe it's it's just so so good and the, the chiaroscuro lighting that kind of like really stark contrast look is so really cool and especially when it's juxtaposed against that uh yeah that the scene even in those black and white him just beating that guy to death like that oh, so many cool callbacks um but yeah. yeah i mean i think that this 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 film's absolutely like it it starts this the pacing is just so on point for yeah and film. it's like established like, from the off that oh this is gonna be a ride yeah. and yeah it's, it's really good and then the title sequence that you kind of go into and it's got that very like this song was just it's a fucking incredible song and it starts with the, those very big kind of yeah when you think bond and it's like bond. whoa and you're like okay i'm hyped and then it has those very cool kind of very simple graphics with the motif of the deck of cards yeah very much um throughout that kind of um title sequence i think it's incredible honestly chris cornell like really really knocked it out of the park with the song as well yeah oh god it's it's honestly my favorite like bond film song and i'm quite a big fan of the song i like i like music and i'm quite a big fan of the songs and i've like you know, listen to the kind of older ones a few times as well, but it is... Goldfinger. <laughs> I was more thinking um, Live and Let Die. Yeah, that's a good one. I love that. That's probably my third favourite. Yeah. But yeah, they always pick incredible songs by incredible artists, but this one really, like, it It does a really good job of kicking off this, like, new reboot incredibly well. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And, like, it, again, kind of going back to the pacing, it, it, it just it it's like I, there's so many other bond films where it's like it's very tedious it's very slow like i will say like 
most of the um, Connery era Bond is not as bad for it, but like mm. the more Lazenby and Timothy Dalton ones were so damn slow to kind of get going. Yeah. Well, this one I can tell you very, very well does not suffer from that problem. No, no, it's it's <laughs> just like it's very much you know shot to shot to shot, and like if, if even if it's like something that's a shot that's lingering on something, it's still either doing some exposition or it, it's deta- It's like an insert shot where you're meant to really absorb all the details and stuff like that. So it's it just felt like this is kind of the kind of Bond film that we that that we needed, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, but, it's, it's it's very very good. And and, and the the story is like, I mean, yeah, it's it's exactly like um, the original, like it, not not exactly, but like it, it's a modernized take of the original. Uh, yeah, original, I don't uh, think I've ever seen the original Casino Royale. So, I, I, but then again, all of the Bond films kind of roll into one. But I'm pretty certain I've never seen it. Uh, I've seen it once, and it was before Eon Productions, who who uh, run a. Uh, run the whole um mm. you own james bond who, yeah who pre- pre- pretty much own the IP- ip at this point um it was before they uh they they did they started doing theirs but their first one was dr no but yeah it's it's a very very good um uh it, it's a very good like modernization of the, of, of of that story and just it, it like Lashif, Le- Le- it was it was in that one, but it like it's ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, Mads Mikkelsen yeah. as. But we'll Lashif. go. We'll, we'll go into the ca- we'll go into the actors. So good, though. Yeah, we'll go into the actors later. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so yeah. good though. But yeah, it it just really, it, it really set the stage for the whole like the the films that 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 followed like yeah. Quantum Solace and was not good. It wasn't as good. I mean, Skyfall was was it was absolutely great. Um, and I mean. Spectre was even all right. I mean, it wasn't the best, but I, I, I still thought it had its its merits. But yeah, th- this one, Daniel Craig really makes Bond in this film, and, yeah. and and just establishes Bond as just so very, like he makes him he makes him feeling, but like a little bit more, like what you'd expect a secret like a, a secret agent who ha- who has to kill kind of like what way to expect somebody who's a bit hardened you know to actually be like yeah. rather than the previous bonds who's just always very much like like very not not smarmy but very womanizing and very very yeah, like and very posh and just very un like very polished you know yeah polished is the right word i think because daniel craig is like it's that kind of thing of not quite like they say about spies, that, oh, they can blend into any echelon of society. Basically, I mean, at one point, Daniel Craig like passes for like a valet parking employee um, because he is like just dressed casually. But I mean, his if you spoke to him for more than like two sentences, his I think his like dress and kind of accent would kind of give it away that he's a bit more like middle class. But he does have that vibe where it's like, oh, you could be rubbing elbows with like the kind of upper echelons of society or you could be like a guy who's parking a car or you know or, doing some other menial kind of job or or making you coffee or just or just like, like i don't a- think you could get away with him I, I think like he would be the kind of guy that you wouldn't be surprised to like run into a, in a kind of like kind of grimy gym yeah, um, yeah or like like illegal boxing fight or something like that 
Um, but you also wouldn't be surprised to sit next to him at like a black tie dinner. Yeah, yeah, very, very much so. I mean, yeah, it, but it, the point is, yeah, he's he's just a lot less uh, like he's less polished than all the other bonds. Yeah, kind of. It, it's 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 a it's a bond of less words and and like and more of yeah action. Of action yeah, more action. Yeah, no, it's 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 very much like a a greater acknowledgement of somebody being in that role, having to get their hands dirty a lot more than. The other bonds, they they like kind of make killing like incidental and like clean and sexy, and it's like, oh no, Bond bon literally had to like choke someone to death or like throw them down some stairs or something, and it's very much like a oh no, this is a guy who like murders people well, and has to deal with that. Yeah, and has uh, has to also deal with the af- af- aftermath of it, and yeah, the fact that you actually see Bond actually get bloody. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's a good Bond. I really like him. I mean, um, I mean, in like the, the the story of this film is just so on point as well. Like, yeah, I mean, it's to be honest, I think the reason this is a great first Bond's like Bond's first mission is because there's not that there is a plot. Yeah, it's like this guy has taken money from terrorists. He is putting it into high stakes poker games in order to uh grow it uh, and like line his own pocket a bit and i guess there's like an element it's not really acknowledged in the film but like you know there are probably people who do this in reality they're like you know they take money from arms dealers and put it in banks and stocks and shares and grow it in that way the his reasoning for the for like going into a poker tournament isn't very clear and it's like i think that's his own like he wants his own like status because if he was just like oh i'm happy to be the background guy who just grows your money for you um he would just like be putting it in the banks I, in in the banking systems i i, I think it w- that him having to like it that was an active de- desperation on his part because his uh his plan with the whole skyfleet bombing failed so he was. Oh, see, uh, I thought they knew he was going to the tournament before that. They knew he was. They they knew he was signed up for it, but they didn't. It, it, like, they knew that that was a place where, because of that failing, he they knew that they'd have a, a if they were able to win the stakes, they'd have a, a him over fe- a barrel. Yeah, fa- yeah, effectively so. Yeah, I guess the like vibe I got was that oh, we know he's going to this poker tournament because he goes to poker tournaments a lot. That's why we knew to look for him going there yeah maybe I, it, or is am i just reading too much into that is that not actually something that's established in the film i think it's, it's kind of alluded to but i i think the the i think the established reasoning was the fact that he was um it was mainly because he the he, high return probably well not only the high return he, he knew that he could recoup some of the money that he lost on the on gambling on the uh on the skyfleet thing Oh yeah, because I guess he is like putting into stocks and things like that because he puts it in the stock of the skyfleet thing bets against the market then if it had blown up, he would have got shitloads of money. But I don't know. I just, I guess he must really, he must already know he's good at poker. So there must have been something like, hey, poker is a way I can definitely make money. I, yeah. Is it because he cries blood? So he's like, no one be able to look me in the eye because it's creepy and gross. Possibly. But I, I think it was more because it was like, because he was in, in, he was already, he already knew he was a bit screwed. I think he's like, oh well, I know I can make, my, I could recoup some of my losses this way, definitely guaranteed. So, yeah, but mm. I, I do think like the inter, like his inter, like Lashif's interwoven connections and the, like with uh, oh fuck, what's his uh, what's his name? I always forget his name. Uh, 
uh, Bond's Bond's uh, oh, contract. Mathis. 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 Yeah. Uh, like his. I always expect Math- his name to be Matthias, but then it's not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like the whole like it, the kind of the banter between like uh, Bond and Mathis, and then kind of when Mathis is kind of clearly, you know. I like when uh, he. Uh, hides the the bodies of the guys who come to kill the chief in the trunk of that guy's car yeah he's just like yeah he's not our problem but he's certainly their problem yeah. <laughs> like that yeah. that's yeah. pretty cool um but yeah we were talking about the plot and then i went off on a tangent about the poker tournament but basically like it's a very simple plot it's like this guy is going to join a poker tournament and in order to capture him we have to beat him because that will make him run out of money and have nowhere else to turn and basically have to turn himself in yeah yeah um so it's 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 like not a very difficult plot and all of most of the scenes like the opening kind of third happens before the tournament happens and that's in various locations but the majority of the kind of action-packed arc of the film happens just in that one room and then to a greater extent they're like surrounding hotel you know there's the the gunfight between those people who've come to kill the chief like in the stairwell in the rooms yeah. and then uh bond gets poisoned and goes out to the car park but most of it is all just very little dialogue in the around the poker table and i think that's really effective yeah because sometimes you get like a bit of like like kind of backward talk almost like oh lots of innuendo and like oh Lashif kind of challenging bomb but not actually being able to overtly say anything and them kind of talking kind of like a slant to each other not able to actually say what they mean at the table and then yeah. you've got Mathis like kind of commentating um to Vesper. Vesper like in the corner at different parts and it's like it's really cool how they sort of narrate that scene from different perspectives each time yeah. I like that. I I I I do really like that. I also kind of like how the cinematography kind of plays into, uh, especially the like the insert shots of of, of them playing actually, mm. um, like the way that, like each individual person on uh, has a different way of kind of like dealing with their uh, dealing with their chips and kind of manipulating those props and stuff like yeah. that. And the way it kind of like each the w- like some people like um they'll group theirs in triangles sometimes they uh, like um lashif always did his very much in like a very methodical very yeah. calculated way bond f- through him everywhere because um, <laughs> james bond is messy he's a messy messy boy okay <laughs> but um, throws his chips everywhere because he's messy yeah but regardless like the way that they they shot all the inserts was just so it, it kind of really put the emphasis on the prop, which was something that you don't see as much in a lot of other films. And it's just really, really cool cinematography. Also, it kind of plays into, again, the kind of neo-noir, uh, like the neo-noir kind of trope yeah. of just like focusing. Also, like they kind of very dimly lit the background and stuff like yeah. that. Just had so much focus just around that table. And, and focus on body language and facial expression Yeah, is like very, very cool. Yeah, I, I I really really in, in, enjoyed that portion of the film. I mean, I also really really enjoyed like all the like all the uh, like all the action shots in, in the various locations uh, up to leading up this. And I really thought that the use of um, cin- uh, the use of the cinematography that they had uh, that they did for all the shots in Miami and just kind of like yeah. that that like that was really really cool. Like it, 
like there were like I also just appreciated how many like like how many small like little subtle callbacks to like other James Bond films there were like with like the Ast- I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like like with uh, Dimitrios's like Aston Martin. Oh uh, uh, yeah, the Aston Martin is obviously a very iconic Bond car. Yeah, yeah, but uh, and just I I just I I just absolutely love love this film. I think it's like one of the, in my opinion, one of the best Bond uh, Bond films in the last like 30 years <laughs> i would definitely agree with that it's it's so beautifully put together yeah. like the use of music and soundtrack and score and the use of light and sound light and sound Ugh. light and shadow is what i meant to yeah. say really good use of color again not just the black and white scenes at the start compared to um the kind of colored scenes later but the use of kind of as you say, color like in the room, everything's very rich, and then when things are a bit more like bleak, everything is quite like in the or, shower spit scene with Vesper. Everything's very stark and sad all of a sudden. Very washed out, or or like very earthy. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which which it, it kind of uses the same kind of like um color theory as as like a lot like a lot of c- cinematographers in the nineteen sixties. Which like, yeah, and also like when he's like you're you're in this in this realm of very um of so much like opulence and wealth you're in in the casino royale and and playing this high stakes poker game everything is very all the colors are very um like saturated and everything's much like larger than life and it's kind of everything is so unreal looking because everything is you know deep rich reds and stark blacks and things like this but then you go to like the airport scene uh and they're like across the tarmac and everything is all of a sudden very realistic looking it's like oh that's a lorry and a guy in a uniform and it's raining and it's just much more stark all of a sudden just the contrast between those things it's very much like hitting home this dichotomy of of daniel craig as this new bond it's like he is in this like world where he is this um like high stakes rich poker guy and he's also in this world where he is again getting his hands dirty i really like that well i i I guess Another th- kind of thing that's kind of occurred to me is that a lot of the other previous bonds, uh, like it's kind of always been kind of rooted in like a like a kind of loose reality, a very very kind of like heightened reality. Yeah. But this is the first kind of like Bond film that really felt like okay, there's this an air of tangibility. I mean, yeah, it's it's a Bond film. It's Hollywood. It's like there's things are gonna be kind of like a little bit overblown, you know, or like there like there's gonna be special effects and stuff like that. But compare this one to Brosnan era film, and it's completely different. You know, <laughs> like yeah, like like it it, it it like again because it's less, it feels less polished, and there's like it, it like the events kind of seem like almost like I'm not saying they're realistic, but you, you like you could see there being a terrorist attack at, at, at like on, on on like the like mm. the, the the big like the opening of a um of a of a new airplane and stuff yeah like, like, like anti-terrorist like, precautions is something that they do at events like that now yeah exactly like like is that and like the fact that i guarantee you that, that there are like rich people are going to be in, indirectly or directly uh influencing uh, the market yeah exactly so it's just like it, it's it, that's there's a little bit more tangibility in in in, mm. in 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 these bond films i mean even when they go a little bit like like kind of fanciful and really like this one and the subsequent ones it still has like roots in kind of like kind of like 
believability. Believable, yeah. And, and is it that's that's why I really appreciate that about these. Yeah, ones. yeah. and I, I think I'd take that even further and say um, a lot of that is down to the villain. Because in your previous Bond films, you have very like, I mean, there's a reason Dr. Evil from Austin Powers is parodied in the way he is. It's very like, I am in my mountaintop lair with my fluffy cat and I've been expecting you, Mr. Bond. I'm going to cut you in half with a laser. Well, you know? you're, 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 you're mixing a lot there. You, you... Yeah, but I think I was mixing all James Bond villains. <laughs> yeah, a, a, a bit, yeah. <laughs> like, again, there's a reason Dr. Evil is parodied the way he is. Yeah. Whereas Le Chiffre is this brilliant blend of like, he's a realistic villain in that all the stuff he's doing, like planning terrorist attacks in like a kind of false flag kind of style and um manipulating the stock market on the behalf of like unethical people um and all this kind of like self-enrichment that he's engaging in is stuff that is happening in the world today like it's it's all you know really believable stuff but he's got that bond villain like larger than life aspect because his fucking eye leaks blood yeah and he has the kind of his his look his like from his hair to his clothes and everything is not something that just like a regular like wall street criminal would wear yeah. you know he is he looks like a villain and he's got all those weird and he's like oh it's nothing sinister i promise and it's like it's so sinister yeah and i just i love it and I, it's like he he embraces that kind of creepy part of himself to throw other people off guard. Um, so it's a really good blend of like believable villain, but also James Bond kind of villain aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. That lends a little bit to the character, which I really like. Uh, so we've talked a lot about stuff we like about this film. Do you want to talk about some stuff we don't like? Yeah. Or I don't like anyway. Uh, I mean, like, I, I know one thing I did not like was, I mean, like, I... I one thing I've never really liked in most of the Bond films is, is their treatment of women. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I feel like in this one as well, they feel like they were doing something huge with Vesper Lynn. They were like, she's not like the other Bond girls. All the other Bond girls were just accessories and she's different. She's ballsy and wears a suit. And it's like, <clears throat> you've changed a lot of it cosmetically. Yeah. But at its heart, she's still like that Bond girl. Yeah. It, it, it did feel like she was more of less a... Less kind of like straight up arm candy, like the yes. lo- like a lot of the previous Bonds have been, uh, like uh, Bond Bond girls have been in, in that she actually feels more. Yeah, again, she fit that kind of femme fatale role that you that you yeah. would t- almost to a T from like uh, like a lot of like the nineteen nineteen forties and fifties like uh, like noir films. Like she, like it was pretty much that was it almost yeah. seemed cut for her. Yeah, uh, I I. I do. I adore Eva Green in pretty much everything she's done, and she's in some like not good films, uh, especially since she kind of got in with Tim Burton and is in a lot of his films. She's in some kind of much more average stuff, but in this, she shines. She's amazing. Her line delivery is incredible. Just her like interactions with Daniel Craig are just like wonderful. Her like sass level is great. She's a really good, well written character, but she, again, he's like the only thing you're here to do is to provide me with money and also make the other men look down your dress. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake, Daniel. I just, I wish that kind of, that chauvinism was a little more called out than it is. It's like, if you watch it as like a reasonably kind of like, I guess as as a woman, if you watch it, you're like, oh, I understand I'm meant to think this man is a pig 
when he says this, but I don't think that's like called out explicitly enough necessarily. No, no. Um, I mean, like, she, I mean, she she makes some very subtle hints at, at, at pretty much call, calling him out, but it's it, it's very. But she still wants to sleep with him, Ryan. That's yeah, the problem. Yeah. She calls him out, but then it's like, oh, she's secretly enjoying it because it's like flirtatious, and it's like, no, he's just a pig. Like, yeah. and she shouldn't want to sleep with him. He should have treated her better and not been, you know, said those things to her and treated her in a way that, like, speaks down to her because she's a woman. Like, it, it sucks. But then they do this thing, right? And I don't know how to feel about it. So the whole time, Vesper is under the thumb of the enemy. The whole time. Yes. You don't get any hint of that through the whole film. Whereas a big trope of the femme fatale thing is that she is always planning to betray you. The reason that in your film noirs you can never trust the femme fatale is because she's always planning to betray you. And that is like a big part of it. It's like, oh, don't trust this like woman who isn't at home making, like darning your socks and making your dinner. Don't like, she's out and she's doing this stuff. In, fil- in film noir, it is no, a trope. Yeah, yeah. That she's like, this kind of woman is not to be trusted. But they don't play into that. No, no, they don't. At all. They don't drop any hints and neither is her which I think is really important. Her backstory as having this boyfriend who's been kidnapped is not established till the end of the film. So at no point up until that end point does her attachment to this man that we don't see on screen in this film define her character. Yeah. Which I think, I don't know if it was deliberate, but if it was, it's great. Yeah. I think it's really important to have that. But at the end of the film, they kill her. Yeah. It is not necessary to kill. It's 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 fridging. They killed her to motivate the male character in the subsequent films. It's full fridging. They didn't need to kill her. Yeah, no, no. And she doesn't like. It's again that thing of like lingering on her drowning face as she dies. It's like you don't need to take so much joy in a woman slowly drowning. Like, just. Ugh. Uh, I wouldn't say joy was 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 the perceived was was, was the implied. Uh, no, it's uh, it's not like oh the audience is taking joy from it. It's 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 male directors. If you watch certain films, and actually if you watch a lot of films the way we do, and compare the way men dying is filmed, like compared to how women die, it's like um Inglorious Bastards. You linger on her strangled face for the longest time. And then when um, the other that lady in that film Quinn is killed, Tarantino's weird. she like, <laughs> it's it's slowed down and you get to see her be shot in slow motion. It's the same in this. You see so many men in this film die, but they get like quickly thrown downstairs or shot in the head or smashed into a sink. Um, and you just see like, as they're framed, they're, they're framed with like two full people in the shot. With women, it's always just their face as they die. And I hate that in films. It's just like... Fair enough. Stop lingering on the fact that like women die. And also, I think it would have been so much more effective if she, against what she wanted, had robbed him and then left him. I think that would have broken him more and motivated him more and given her more agency. Yeah. No, no. I, I do think that the ending would have worked better like that. Um, I... We've been dancing around something, yeah. though. The ball torture scene. Oh, fuck. The ball torture scene. Right. I don't know how I feel about it, and I think it was only put in this movie to be like, this movie is grittier than earlier Bond films. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I do think that that might might have been, probably been a factor on that, but I, I, I do think... 
I think it was also in some ways like in a dark, very very dark way, is meant to like lend some some humor to it. Uh, oh like, yeah, like, no, but... Daniel um, Daniel Craig's like like snappy kind of comebacks. He's like, ah, you died scratching my balls and stuff. I do think that is like it's very well handled. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, it was it definitely added. Like, I guess it. I think in a, in some ways it kind of like helped kind of showed their characters a little bit like even a little bit more because it kind of shows how like ruthlessly pragmatic uh Lashif was uh, kind of intending to like how how like yeah how pragmatic he is is kind of I would think the opposite I don't think it's ruthlessly pragmatic I think it's desperate and I think it's personal the reason he's going for his junk is personal it's not like because he says, oh, I'm doing this because it's the most efficient way to extract pain. Okay, I'm like, fair, fair enough, fair no, enough. you're enjoying this. I think he tries to sell it as him being practical and pragmatic. But I think he's just like, no, you've you've really fucked me off. Me personally. Me, Lashif. I'm annoyed with you, James Bond. This is not like about my money anymore. I want revenge on your dick. <laughs> <laughs> I think testicles is, is, is more of the... <laughs> yeah, but the, the line sounded better when I said dick. Fair enough. Um... Given all these, what was your favorite bit of this film? Not that bit. <laughs> anyway, anyway, link like just fucking link a car battery to his nipples. It's fine. You don't need to swing a weight at his junk for like a very long time. Anyway, um, my favorite bit of this film. Hmm. I like again. I think it's just any of the, like poker table scenes i think especially the bits kind of after they've come back from like um killing the people who were co- who'd come to kill the sheep and um the is like oh you've changed your shirt is it because you were uh our game was causing you to perspire and it's just like you you were just fucking crying for your mama basically and it's like they both know this thing but they can't say it and it's very well scripted and very well done yeah the 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 right the writing is absolutely stunning in this yeah uh, i think it's the dialogue bits also i love our we haven't talked about m m's incredible judy dench as m is incredible it's great our introduction to m in one sentence she comes out of the room like in parliament after having been in a meeting that has clearly annoyed her and she says like one sentence that ends with god i miss the cold, cold war. war yeah and you just get everything you need to know about that character in that one sentence yeah. I, it's phenomenal i i mean i will say that judy dench was in in the pierce brosman uh well some of the pierce brosman i ones. did not know that yes yes she is uh, yeah as, but i, st- I still a... really love that establishing line yeah there just for this film for this new audience of people coming to bond obviously like this was my first bond film yeah. i think for a lot of people of our generation it, it was it, it, do- it does it does establish her at, like it in within the confines of this film at, like it, it really sets that up really well yeah, yeah and i think any single line of dialogue that m says in this film could be my favorite line of dialogue yeah yeah it's great um yeah i for me i think my favorite one of my favorite scenes in this whole film is the kind of um the the kind of the uh parkour chase through the whole through like uh, i i yeah. i can't remember where where in africa that is but that was one of the coolest is very cool coolest action scenes i've seen in a very very long time and honestly like i don't know how many times i've watched that <laughs> like, i'm pretty sure if i'm not mistaken the um the guy playing the bomb maker in that scene was in a documentary that came out a very long time ago 
called Jump London, where it's like a following a yeah. crew of people doing parkour around London. Um, and he was he was on that kind of crew, uh, which is cool. So he's like his profession before this was just doing parkour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, which it, is pretty it, sick. Well, he he's he's freaking great at it. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean th- yeah. that it is a really really cool action sequence. Yeah, very much so. Really cool. Well, uh, how would you rate the film then? I think from me, it's a solid six, maybe a six point five. I'm gonna go eight 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 point five. You would. No, I'm kidding. I do love this film, and I think it is my favorite, like Bond film. Um, it goes this one, then Skyfall, then Spectre, then Quantum of Solace. Because I, I, I've not seen the other ones, so I just rank those ones. It's fine. Um, but it's just, I again, it it lacks a lot. Like there's not very many female characters of note. Like it's just basically M and Vesper. Uh, and there's problems with both of those and so it's a very very male very very white film and i I do like it and it is really really well put together i really enjoy watching it and it is one of those ones that rarely for me has really good rewatchability like that because i was zoning and out of different bits on each rewatch like this time i was much more keyed into the um like the dialogue and the poker scenes, whereas sometimes I'll just watch it just to watch the action sequences, yeah. which are placed brilliantly throughout the film. But it's just, there there are so many inherent problems with the character of James Bond and its history and its like legacy that I just, it, it clouds it a little bit for me, but I do think that Daniel Craig has put a really, really good new spin on that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, I do, I guess... For me, the reason why I like this this film, I mean, I like a lot of the old Bonds, but I do see their th- like kind of the troubling kind of way that's uh, like like race and 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 sex has been treated yeah. uh, on that, and I, I I get that, and like there's there's de- like there's definitely a few films that I will always really love, but from the from that earlier era like i like i absolutely love goldfinger like that's one of my mm. all-time favorite films just yeah just because it, it it's genuinely good i mean yeah there's like the character of pussy galore and that like why the fuck did you have to name her that also just goldfinger <laughs> what is that i don't even know yeah but but <laughs> but but regardless um i really really i just i found this bond like this film this bond to be so refreshing and such the step a big step in the right direction and just it it, it brought that noir vibe that was that needed to be in, yeah, the, in the bond definitely. franchise to make it one fresh make it to something that actually could last a lot longer because everyone was sick of uh, everyone was yeah sick of it, if yeah. not for this style of reboot i would have written off james bond into Same. the history books it's just like oh this was a misogynistic thing that happened that now never has to happen again whereas there is still problematic things in this new iteration of james bond with daniel craig at the head it's but it's you like you say a step in the right direction yeah. and it's it has really refreshed bond for a new audience yeah it really really has. it's revived yeah. it with a whole like heap and help and of new potential yeah um, yeah very much so starting very very beautifully with this film yeah cool well Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we'll be uh, watching in two weeks' time. Uh, catch me if you can. Nice one. I'm excited about that. Same. I haven't seen it in years, and I'm looking forward to watching it. Yep. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Deal by Craig MacArthur. 
The photo used for our cover is by Rodolfo Clicks. Audio editing's by Ryan DeRoges, and this podcast was produced by Laura and Ryan DeRoges. Find us on Twitter at All's Fair Podcast, on Instagram at All's Fair and Love and Film, or email us at all's fair and love and film at gmail.com. <laughs>